I'm excited about getting to talk to you today. Um, so what I'm going to talk about is expanded on quite a bit in uh, in my podcasts under the heading of pandemic perspectives. Uh, so just in the short time we have today, I'm going to zoom in on some stuff um, around the realm of supernatural because that's our theme. It's uh, Supernatural Sunday. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling stirred about this. Uh, I, uh, I, first of all, want us to think about what it is that Jesus is doing in this season. It's such an obvious um, time of pressure and difficulty. And uh, it feels like a season change. And to, to, to many prophetic voices, it feels like that. That it's, it's not just about a pandemic, although that is obviously the thing that is on everybody's radar and affecting our, our daily lives massively right now. But but actually <clears throat> behind that and, and inside of that is some really significant change uh, in the world and, and I believe in the church. And I think what's really important is for us to be wise uh, and to be like uh, the Old Testament uh, refers to a group called the Sons of Issachar, and it says they understood the times with a knowledge of what Israel should do. And sometimes we're not we're not that clued in really uh, on our times in terms of what's happening or what God's doing, and and therefore we're not always smart in what we actually do. And and so one of the things I deal with on the podcast is is what what are the times we're living in? What is going on? around us uh, and, and so that we can know what we should do now i want to jump right to big picture high level stuff what, one of the things i feel that that is happening is that there or is and is about to happen is that that we're gonna we're gonna see and we're gonna need uh we're gonna see the need to put it that way of the supernatural power of god and that the church has fiddle-faddled around with all kinds of other options in terms of how do we influence the society we are in? How do we, how how are we Sultan? How are we light? How do we affect things? But the reality is, if you just read the scripture, read the New Testament, Jesus brought supernatural power from heaven to bear on a daily basis and they killed him. What happened was he brought goodness on display, the Father's heart to deliver people from demons, to feed them when they were hungry supernaturally, to heal their bodies, and he transformed lives. Uh, just, just think of the woman with the issue of blood for a moment. Yes, it was a healing. Yes, her bleeding stopped, but that bleeding had been 12 years. She'd spent all she had on doctors, and because of the religion of the time around uh, and the rules around menstruation, she would have been considered unclean, both, uh, both religiously and socially. So for 12 years, our whole life was ruined and Jesus fixed it in a moment. And I really want us not to get away from the idea that healings and miracles are, are, are like showpieces or razzmatazz. They are transformational to whole lives. They are ridding people of demonic influence so that the wholesomeness and the wholeness of God can flow into and through a person's life. And and the way that Jesus changed the world was through miracles. Christianity rests its foundation on miracles. If he didn't rise from the dead, 
we are stupid, we, we are foolish. And, and yet we talk to our neighbours when we get the chance to share about the gospel. This is at least my experience in the past. We talk to them about our, our miracle-based faith, but we're not then showing them any miracles. Thank God that is changing. Thank God that's been changing in our experience. It, it's a tough journey. There's many disappointments. But miracles made up the heartbeat of Jesus's ministry. If you read, just, just read the accounts again, read the Gospels. Analysis will tell you that one third of them is about healing. And 50% of them, if you include the healings, the miracles, you know, the, the, the feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000, about 50% of the Gospel account is about miracles. The book of John is basically, basically structured. The Gospel of John is structured around key miracles that Jesus did. And, and John uses them as not just, hey, this is what God did. Isn't that amazing? He uses them as teaching points because signs are there. Uh, signs and wonders are there to actually display something. There's some. There's a teaching dynamic. There's an information dynamic from heaven when God starts to do miracles. So here, here we have Jesus changing the world. I mean, he's so radically displaying the goodness of God. He's so radically removing the devils from the scene that you really only had one choice. That was either to join him or to kill him. And the powers that be, so the political and the religious, hated the miracles the political and the religious conspired together to get rid of the savior who was coming with such profound impact yes he was a teacher but i would suggest to you that most people didn't understand what he was teaching they rallied to him and followed him because of the juice that was flowing out of him and the fact that their needs were being met and they were being freed of demonic forces that had affected them for generations this is what jesus did he came to show us the father is what he said and how he showed us was this heartbeat was this centrality of of miraculous ministry and and it it, it seems like for well, literally for centuries the church forgot that and and needed it to be there in its history to prove that jesus was the christ so all the miracles that are recorded were seen as things that proved that he was Jesus. Uh, and then now we don't kind of need them. But actually, to prove that he was Jesus, he's still doing the miracles that he did. Uh, and what we did was we became focused on, on building our character. We became focused on social action. And we became focused on relieving the needs of the poor. Now, I'm not saying any of those things are bad. All of those things are have a wholesome place in an expression of the kingdom but stripped of miraculous power and they are severely lacking they're not a full display of the heart of the father or the intention of the kingdom if you think about the dis the simple descriptive verses in the new testament about the kingdom of god it says things like it's not a matter of words but power and that the kingdom of god is righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit and when you see Jesus displaying the kingdom, he says, if I've removed this demon by the, by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come amongst you. That's how this king, the kingdom is something about power. It's something about miracles. It's something of the display of righteousness and peace and joy into the earth. That's the kingdom of heaven. God's reality taking over in earth's reality. Now, 
the trouble with we emphasize the things that we've emphasized which is character and and and, and social justice and the poor is it doesn't ask of us it doesn't challenge us to move into the miraculous realm there are other people that are working on their character that are trying to do social justice and are meeting the needs of the poor and they're not they're not believers this is our calling card this is our distinctive and this is the the power of god displayed but what i'm saying is you can do those other things without necessarily drawing on supernatural power without needing the holy spirit even we're called to lean into be reliant on the holy spirit and and i want to i want to say this we have to remember whose we are who lives in us and who we're united with and i've just been looking at at john 15 again about the the branches and the vine and how we're grafted in to jesus we are we are literally grafted in to the godhead so everything that is in the godhead we are joined to the we are we are we are eternally grafted into the bliss of the trinity how about that the joy of the trinity the blissful existence which is father son holy spirit you and i are grafted into that vine so the wholeness and the fullness of who they are which is expressed in jesus is available to us and when we talk about bearing fruit we're meant to bear the full fruit our, our being conformed to the likeness of jesus is a full conforming it, it, it's a transformation a transfiguration literally into who he was like both his wisdom and his power and his miracles and his teaching not an option of selecting just a few that are easier for us to comprehend if we're to call ourselves christ christians which is christ-like ones or little christs which we are talking about being anointed christ means anointed it wasn't his surname it means holy spirit anointed so so we're a people who are actually fused into in intimate union with the miracle worker the miracle workers juices life breath very essence pumps through us goes through our veins is is it's trying to it's if you like it's trying to take over the way we think that we would display him in his fullness yes we would be patient yes we would be incredibly loving yes we would be kind yes we would speak words of encouragement and not judgment but yes we would display miracle in some way or other and that challenges us deeply not just because we live in a western world that is really quite skeptical of all that stuff but because of our christian heritage which has either denied it or put it to one side and not made it central to who we are and what we're meant to be doing on the earth and the pursuit of it has been painful and has been difficult and has actually been fraught with mistakes and and errors but some of that is a bit like riding a bike if you've ever uh, been involved in training your kids or kids to ride a bike um, you know they're going to be able to do it you know that it's possible but there's quite a lot of wobbling and falling off especially if in the days before these balance bike things which made them this a bit easier we used to have those trainer wheels and all the rest of it there was a lot of falling off before you finally rode the bike successfully so i feel like 
the main thing is going to be returning to be the main thing. Um, and and the, the we're not going to start resorting to political influence or religious influence. The church has got duped, I think, for centuries by the political and the religious spirit. Uh, it's sometimes easier to see it when you look into other nations. But some of the difficulties that the Christians have had in America was their high levels of alignment with the Republican Party and President Trump. And now, and now they're really struggling to know what to do. There was prophecies, prophecies that Trump would be president and, and he isn't. But you know, who's elected to political power is not the answer. That is not gonna bring the kingdom. Supporting whatever party you support is, is okay, but they are not gonna bring the kingdom of God to the earth. That is a mistake to think that. I think we should, seek to have influence at that level but not be influenced by that philosophy or by that approach our fundamental calling is to bring the kingdom of heaven as as leaven as light and as salt and that kingdom is by essence a supernatural kingdom our calling is to display jesus in his fullness and his very essence the thing that got him into trouble was that he he confronted the powers of darkness, not because he looked for them, but just because he brought another kingdom. He brought the power and life and deliverance and healing of heaven to the earth. So I think where we're headed is a resurgence of that. I think some of what we've been about as a community is we've experimented and had some real disappointments and some incredible breakthroughs and still are on online we've seen cancers healed we've seen some pretty exciting things happen but this is just a foretaste this is just the build-up this is just learning this is the training wheels this is falling off the bike a few times in order that we can see established the core manifestation of the kingdom yes there's justice for the poor. Yes, those other things happen, but they're they're happening because of the activity of the kingdom. Like the the woman with the issue of blood, her social issues were resolved. Her poverty issues were resolved. Why? Because she had a miracle from Jesus, and and we're called to to do that and see that uh, in our world and around us. And then connected to this, I think we are moving into days of of awe. And, and I love how God has, has um, over probably 25, 30 years now in a church has, uh, across the world has been pouring out the revelation of the Father, the good Father. And, and, it, and it's wrecked us in a really good way. But I wrecked, it's wrecked some theology. It's wrecked some people's allegiances. It's, it's wrecked our hearts. He's, he's overcome us with his kindness. And, and, and we didn't realize he could be absolutely this good. But this outpouring and this revelation of the goodness of God and the Father heart of God has helped us come into a realization of who we are as sons and daughters. When you know he's the daddy at the head of a kingdom, uh, then suddenly who he is affects who, who we are. And we've talked about that before, and that's been an emphasis. And how did we get there? Well, he, we got there because he started smacking us in the Holy Spirit somewhere about 1994 and pretty much hasn't stopped since. And then we started to go, why Why are we being so overcome? What is this? What is this about? Why are we... Why are we lying on the floor suddenly when somebody prayed? 
and bit by bit, this realization started to keep come in. This revelation started to come in that he was a good father. If you like, the revelation came in on on the tide of the move of the Holy Spirit that was impacting the church all around the world, literally all around the world, and it has been for a long time. And, and joy started to break out, which gave us strength. Father, heart was breaking out, which gave us identity, all of which is rich and incredibly important. I believe what's coming is is awe and fear of the Lord. And you can't build that on an old idea of God. If you still have God as punisher, God as judge, God God as mean, God as angry God, if primarily God is there to be satisfied, God is distant, uh, God is God is the super controller, you know, his sovereignty is so much uh, seen as control of everything and everybody and every heart, then if you land or on that you end up with you end up with fear and punishment and that's not what this is about what's coming is just all at the awesomeness of the goodness and the miracle and the overwhelming power and glory and holiness of god without unhealthy fear of punishment and judgment with a sense of absolute wonder at who he is and how could he possibly be this great, this good, this beautiful and this incredible. How are we going to get there? I think he's going to start doing to us, if he hasn't already, what he was doing with us a while ago and has been doing with us around the realm of the Father heart. Suddenly the Holy Spirit will bubble up inside you, will come upon you, you you will have an encounter and you don't know what it means. And it'll start to bring us encounters that bring about the awe of God in our lives. And the other thing you'll do, which is very biblical and very New Testament, is that it says things like they feared to join the early church. And the reason was because of the miracles that were being poured out. Psalm 67 verse 7 says that God will bless us and the ends of the earth will fear him. I think we're in for such an outpouring of blessing on believers uh, who will stand up and go for it, an outpouring of miracles that it will create increased awe by those that behold it. God's goodness, fully expressed, produces the right kind of awe and the right kind of fear. So the, the roots to this are through uh, increased encounter or new kinds of encounter or even old encounters with a different flavor and then the display of the goodness of god at intense and extreme levels that produce this sense of this sense of of awe and fear and i've just been reading over and over revelation chapter one where john the apostle has an encounter with jesus and what you have to remember is he's already walked with jesus in person he's already seen the resurrected jesus he's already seen um He's already seen Jesus transfigured before him on the mountain. He he's he's uh, he's had. It says that he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's used to being in the spirit, having encounters, and yet, in this moment, in the first chapter of Revelation, he has a fresh encounter, a new encounter. It says he's in the spirit on the Lord's day, and Jesus appears to him, and when he sees him, 
it says that John falls down dead. Remember, this is the guy that leaned in on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. This is the guy that had all those other experiences and encounters with Jesus. But this revelation, this encounter was at such a level that he was literally knocked the breath out of him and he, 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 he was as though dead on the floor. His world kind of momentarily fell apart when he had this level of uh, encounter with Jesus. I want to say whatever encounter you've had, whether you've had multiple ones or you've never had one, there's more. There's deeper, there's stronger, because he wants to take us more into this reality of who he is. He's a great father. He's an awesomely good God. He's full of joy, and we're grafted into that. But he's also awe-inspiringly powerful for the goodness uh, in order to do us good and to do the world that we live in good. So I'm just going to pray for you and pray with you right now as we as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you that this season of change that we're in is is it hasn't escaped your grasp. In fact, you're doing something powerful around the world, the world right now. Thank you, God, that we have reports that 40% of the people in Brazil are now born again. Something like 30% of the people in, in Indonesia are now born again in a Muslim country, that more people are getting saved in Iran than they're getting saved in China. And that's incredible. God, thank you. You're sweeping the world. Thank you. In Glasgow, we're seeing people healed of cancer where we weren't seeing anything like that five or ten years ago. Thank you, God, you are on the move and you want to move through us in increasing measure and restore the ministry of Jesus to its fullness and its full expression that the world might know and see that you are a good king. You are a good God who cares and who delivers people from their ailments and their illnesses and from their needs and their brokenness. And I pray for each one watching this, that they would have increased encounter with you, increase our awe, Lord, not because we've worked something up, because you show us yourself at new levels and we see you do things in new ways and, and, and in more awe-inspiring ways. Thank you, God, for for being with us. Thank you, God, for persisting with us and for loving us and moving with us. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys soon. Bye.